So we have Liam, who's been doing some stuff with us doing some awesome projects. And you've come up with something uh, pretty revolutionary, right? Yeah, well, I haven't actually tried it out with any of your stuff, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just ha fell upon it, and yeah. yeah, you asked me to do a case study, so. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, everyone knows Liam's obviously uh, doing some pretty cool stuff. He's done some awesome stuff, campaigns for us as well, and uh, knows his stuff, so I'm sure you get a lot out of it. I'm probably will too. Uh, so, yeah, take it away. Thank you. Um, thanks for having me, guys. I'm say straight off the bat, I'm not in the business of speaking, uh, but yeah, Ben asked me to do a case study on lead ads, which is something I've again I'm not I'm not an expert on, but I kind of stumbled upon this kind of technique using my own kind of ideas of what I thought might work, and yeah, ended up getting some pretty cool results. So yeah, for you, for those who don't know me, my name's Liam. I'm from the Sunshine Coast, actually not always from the Sunshine Coast, from Victoria. Uh, but last year, my girlfriend and I decided that we'd take a trip around Australia. Um, we packed the car and the camper, and we did a full lap around Australia. Started in Melbourne, down the Great Ocean Road, um, took the surfboards, took the dog, and went on a bit of an, an adventure. And it was at a place right on the Great Australian Bight, um, a place called Cactus Beach. I don't know if anyone's heard of Cactus Beach, but it was a place that I'd always wanted to visit for a very long time. It's kind of a bit mythical in um, surf culture, mainly because of it's like one of the most prominent places for shark deaths in Australia. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's basically the closest thing to this place, Cactus Beach, is a petrol station. And it's about an hour and a half drive from the actual beach to the petrol station. And besides that, there's no civilization within three, four hours. So it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere on the Nullarbor. Um, anyway, Lani and I, my partner, we got to Cactus Beach and it didn't disappoint. It was an incredible, incredible location. Um, so, so beautiful, but um, very intimidating as well. Very dark water, uh, very, very good, but powerful surf. And when we were there, there was only one other guy there. Um, and I, I think he was a local there, if you can call, can call anyone that lives there a local. Um, but yeah, he had his little caravan that he lived in. And on the first day that I was there, I asked him if I could paddle out with him because I didn't want to paddle out by myself with all the great whites and everything. And um, supposedly paddling out with someone makes you immune. So that's what we went for. Um, but the surf was really good. And you know, once in a lifetime opportunity, we didn't want to miss out on that place. So um, ended up having an unbelievable surf, great session. Um, and so being the nice guy I am, I invited him around to dinner that night. To our, to our camper. Um, now, our camper trailer um, had on the side of it like a jerry can and a little gas bottle, um, you know, that we could take out and replace anytime we needed to, but that gas bottle hooks up to the barbecue. That thing was in our camper trailer, and the way it get, gets locked into the camper trailer on the outside is you put it in, you hinge it shut, and then you put a padlock over the top so, you know, no one steals your gas. Um, and so you're able to cook with it. So after our surf, he came back to the campsite and introduced him to, to Lani. We've, we've got all this seafood that we'd gotten from the past town that we were at. We had a car fridge, so we kept all this fresh seafood, so it was great. Um, 
And she said, all right, we'll go get the gas, you know, and we'll hook it up to the barbecue and start cooking. And so I went over to the trailer, and as I tried to unlock the key, the padlock to the trailer, I realised that it had salted up uh, or something had got into the, into the actual padlock. And even though I had the right key, I couldn't actually open the padlock. And, you know, I was getting very frustrated and kind of freaking out because I'd invited this, you know, local guy. He was, he was a pretty scary guy. Like, he didn't really say much. And, you know, you've got to be a bit, a bit of a weirdo to live in Cactus Beach by yourself. Um, and I promised him dinner and I didn't want to disappoint him. Like, I didn't know how long he hadn't eaten for. Um, so... I'm, I'm thinking, what, what can I, I so I'm walking, running over to my tool bag, and I, again, I'm, I'm not a, like a, a tradie, I'm not good with tools and stuff, and I'm trying to think, oh, I, bolt cutters, I need some bolt cutters. Searching through my tool bag, can't find any bolt cutters at all. Um, found a screwdriver, I found, like I got a chainsaw, I'm like, should I use a chainsaw to try and get this? It's a tiny little padlock, it's about this big, and like, I just couldn't, couldn't get it open. Um, you know, and yeah, I was... We're in the middle of nowhere, and you know I'm thinking, oh, we can't get the padlock open. There's no barbecue and no food. We're not going to be able to eat. Um, anyway, we were in the middle of nowhere, and it was actually kind of cool because obviously I work online, um, do marketing, and um, what I did buy was a massive antenna that I could hook up to a little 4G device. And even though we we're in the middle of cactus, in the middle of nowhere, I was still able to to do work, still able to earn income, still able to keep us travelling around Australia. Um, and more importantly, I was able to watch the Tour de France on my laptop while sitting there in Cactus Beach. And um, yeah, it's, I, find, I find myself pretty fortunate to be able to do, do stuff like that and do stuff like this and um, experiment with that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and thank you, Ben, for allowing me to speak. Um, but I hope you guys get a lot out of this. It's very, very simple. I didn't, I didn't want you to overwhelm you with too many things. Um, so this is a very, very simple case study, but... Hopefully it works quite well for you guys. So, maybe I'll talk to you guys about that later. Um, <laughs> all right. So, what, what? Why are we really here? We're, we're here to learn about Facebook marketing, not about padlocks. So, so, for what purpose should you guys listen to this presentation? My presentation. Basically, the two-step marketing that I've kind of stumbled upon helped me get rid of all the weak leads, um, the weak phone numbers, the leads that you call and they're just not interested at all. Helps significantly reduce your cost per lead, which I'm sure everyone's pretty interested in. Um, once you do get them on the phone, if they've gone through this two-step funnel process, then they're going to be more qualified as well. Um, simultaneously, this two-step um, process will help grow your email list, which is obviously really, really cool. And then the last thing is you'll be able to grow your Facebook um, WCA or the web website custom audience. So once you've got that audience, I'm sure most of you know, then you can remarket them with different offers um, here and there and everywhere. So this, I know Ben's got his version of the, the two-step funnel that most of you would have gone through. Um, so this is similar to that, just slightly different and um, helps achieve a lot of cool things like this. So this is a screenshot of one of the campaigns that I've run for a client. Um, so as you can see, at the top three are the first step and the bottom three the second step. So I'll explain this in more detail, but I want to give you an overview of what it kind of looks like. So the first step is getting conversions um, and then the next step is actually getting leads, getting people to apply to want to work with you. Now, 
before I tried to do this, I was getting leads, you know, for 10, 20, 50, 100 dollars per leads, uh, per lead. Whereas with this two-step, as you can see, um, 213 leads for two dollars fifty, and like that, that for for this client was game-changing. Um, and then you can see the top at the same time, you know, 4,830 conversions for a dollar fifteen per conversion, and that's just a simple email um, that we've email subscriber that we've generated. But those first three, the first conversions are the first step and we've, we're able to add them to our email list, then remarket them with the second step, which is the lead form, and simultaneously get really, really cheap leads, okay? So if you guys are keen, I'll explain how to do that. So the thing of, the reason why I've called it reverse marketing is kind of like thinking backwards, like thinking outside the box. So the three keys to this is, um, getting people to sell themselves to you. You know, we're marketers, we're salesmen, we're in the business of trying to sell to others. Whereas my kind of thinking was why, how can we get people to actually sell themselves to me? Therefore, they're gonna be more likely to wanna work with me. So that's the first, first key around this thinking is how can I get people to sell themselves to me instead of me trying to convince them to buy my thing? The second, part of this reverse marketing or this thinking backwards is making the prospect not want to miss out instead of feeling that way towards the prospect. I'm sure most of you, like me, would have gotten the situation where a lead's come in, you're super excited, they're really qualified, you're like, oh, you know, this, this could be a really, really good deal. And you spend the whole time on the way up leading to the phone call, on the phone with them, after the proposal is done, just hoping not to miss out on this deal. And again, thinking backwards, well, how can we make the prospect be in that position? Instead of us so concerned about not missing out on the deal, how can we make it and position our marketing in a way that makes them not want to miss out? And then the third part of this reverse marketing process is, okay, so we're obsessed with running ads that are all about conversion, but what if we could run ads that gave us something else and not necessarily conversion was the most important thing on the first step? Um, as I showed you in the screenshot before, you can still get really good conversions, like a dollar per, per email subscriber is pretty good. But I've ran these, this kind of two-step funnel where the first step being not necessarily to convert, but to get a click. And I'll explain why that's important right now. So, step one is we want to create your audience building ad. So, Ben talks about how important it is to get the right message in front of the right audience. Now, for me personally, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I can email to everyone, yeah. And then I'll put you all in my funnel with your emails as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. Um, so, yeah, you want to you create your audience. So Ben talks about getting the right message in front of the right people. And for me personally, I don't know about you guys, that getting the targeting right, I found really difficult on Facebook initially. Um, trying to get my message, I felt pretty confident with the copy. I'm like, yeah, this, this would convert very well if only my target customer could see it. So I came up with the idea with, with the beauty that is WCA or custom audiences. What if I could create my own audience and instead of using Facebook's key, keywords and that sort of thing to target um, my sales message to, what if I could create my own audience that I knew was like super, super targeted and super specific 
um, surely then that, that would go really well. And it turns out that if you do have an audience that's super, super targeted and super specific and you've got a good offer, your click-through rate goes to the roof and Facebook actually like that. And hence you get ridiculously low cost per leads because your cost per click is, is minuscule. So what you need to do to create your audience building ad, um, yeah, is pretty much build a specific web, website custom audience, okay? Once you've got that website custom audience, then we can run our offer specifically and only to this website custom audience, okay? So this is the first step. The first step is to create that custom audience. The second step will then be to run our actual sales offer to that audience. Make sense, everyone? No, no. And I'm going to give you some examples of what the first step will be. Um, but it's, it's not, conversion's not important on the first step. So how do we actually do that? One of the ways that's worked really well with me and my clients is coming up with a tutorial that only your high-end customers would click on. Okay, so a tutorial, it doesn't have to be a tutorial, but this is just an example. Um, if we're in the market of losing weight, having a tutorial that comes up on someone's newsfeed, five ways to lose weight, you know that people that are gonna click on that probably are gonna be in the market of wanting to lose weight. Okay, seems pretty obvious, but what I thought was something that simple could actually build us a, an audience for really, really cheap. Again, because the click-through rate's gonna be really, really high. Um, the people that click it are only going to be people that want to know how to lose weight. Like, no one else is going to click that. So, for each client that I've ran this with, I've, I've asked myself the question, what's a tutorial? What's, some, what's something that I could give away in the form of a video, a blog post, um, or even um, a PDF that only their high-end customers would be interested in? No one else. And that's probably the hardest part about all this and this two-step funnel is coming up with that one thing. But once you do get your head around, well, actually, yeah, my, my high-end customers would actually love a PDF telling me the five things, five ways to do um, X. I think I, I spoke with Neil, um, who's not here, but he's in recruiting. Um, I spoke to him last week. He reached out and talked to me about some of the stuff he was struggling with, the, with his targeting. And yeah, his best customers are people that advertise on Seek. And they usually come to him and say, you know, our Seek ads suck. Every time we run an ad on Seek, um, we get useless people apply and it's just not good for anyone. And so I explained this process to him. I said, your first step in your two-step um, campaign could be an article, five ways to write really, really good Seek ads. So you know that the type of people that are going to be interested in that are going to be employers who are, who are interested in advertising on Seek. So... We can target that blog post or that tutorial to the keyword seek on Facebook, but we know that the Facebook keywords aren't entirely accurate and you get a whole lot of people viewing your ads that aren't really in your target market. So adding this first step in means that we're creating a website custom audience of people that are super, super specific. Okay, so yeah, what would they specifically want to learn that wouldn't interest anyone else? No one's going to click an, an, a blog post that says how to write really good seek ads if they're not an employer looking to write Seek ads, okay? So it's trying to come up with, with you guys what's something that your high-end customers would click on and no one else would click on. Because we can then assume that anyone who clicks to consume this tutorial has a high chance of being a quality lead for us when we do the lead ads to them later on. Does that make sense? Do you, in this process, do you ask for an email address or 
either or because it does, doesn't matter because our main goal is to build an audience to then advertise to again. But like I showed you on the first slide, the, my first step was um, an opt-in page for uh, a PDF and for the five grand that we spent, we end, end up with 5,000 new email addresses, which is pretty good. And we ended up with a website custom audience of 23,000 people. So 23,000 people clicked the ad, only 5,000 people opted in. We then have two different audiences that we can advertise to, both in which we can assume are interested in our product because they wouldn't have clicked the ad in the first place, regardless of whether they opted in or not. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So you're, do you do fairly broad targeting at this level? Or exactly. Always do your taking stock. Yeah, so instead of, instead of running a, a lead ad to broad keyword targeting, which I was getting lead applications for $100, run a simple blog post ad or a video ad or an opt-in ad to the broad keyword targeting of Facebook and then generate the custom audience and then run the lead ad on the second part of it to get the cheaper, cheaper leads. That's right. And the blog post can have an opt-in box on there. I know Michael McCormick um, does his blog posts and at the bottom of the blog post he has a link to his Facebook group and he reckons he's getting cheap, cheap leads for his Facebook group. So there's heaps of options. But just keeping in mind that the aim of all this is to create an audience that, that you can then advertise to. Because as Ben keeps saying, he's getting the right message in front of the right audience is, is, that, is the secret. So... Um, Doing this to create the right audience is the number one preference. Genius. Genius. Good on you, Ben. <laughs> um, so here's one of my clients. This is Toby. Um, he helps people with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. Um, so this is an example of one, ad, one of our ads. This, I think it, I do show the opt-in page. Yeah, so this isn't a blog post. This is an opt-in page. So we're simultaneously building his email list. But very, very simple. Free, ME, CFS. ME stands for... I don't know, it's like myelichondrolitis or something. It's people, people with ME know what ME-CFS is. No one else does. Um, reveals the key activities you should complete each day to assist your recovery. What to do each day when you have ME-CFS. So obviously someone who doesn't have ME-CFS probably isn't going to click this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so key activities you should do, do each day to assist your recovery. So we know that people who are clicking this ad are interested in recovering from MECFS and fibro, therefore they're an ideal customer for our high-end program later on. So it's only people who would download, not people who are leaving comments or shareholders. Only people that no. click the ad. So if they click the ad and go to the opt-in page, right. we have a pixel on the opt-in page, and Facebook builds our custom audience based on anyone that visits this opt-in page, regardless of whether they opt in or not. Okay, so. If you want to add a special offer on the thank you page after they opt in, you can. And that's what um, Ben talks about in his two-step um, opt-in process. On the thank you page, after people opt in, you know, people offer a sales message, you can do whatever you like uh, on that. Again, I'm just explaining how to build a good audience that, they, that you can then re-advertise to ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. All right? So that's step one. Create and add that you know your ideal high-end customer would click on and no one else would click on, all right? Step two, we're gonna create your lead ad. 
So we've got an awesome audience to advertise to. We've got an audience of 25,000 people that have clicked this blog post. We can now start targeting them with our lead ad. Does everyone know what a Facebook lead ad is? Anyone not know what it is? Yep, cool. Um, How long did it take you to build that audience? Um, yeah, so I think we spent yeah, about five, six grand over the course of a month and a bit, so yeah, relatively quickly. Depends how much budget you want to spend, I guess. Um, yeah, so we've got this lead ad. How do we make them desperate to work with you? And again, this is where my kind of reverse thinking and reverse marketing kind of came into it. So the answer I came up with was via application. So we've got an application form versus an opt-in form. Most of us are used to dealing with opt-in forms, like put in your details here and you will get this. And it's kind of our way of selling to people. And the application form is, you know, a lot of you do use this, but using it in this way I found to be really, really effective with the lead ads is because the lead ads allow you to ask some pretty cool questions. So it's subtle, but it can make a huge difference to conversion rates, I've found, and lead quality, and that's a big one. So lead ads give us the ability to ask really great application questions whilst not taking away from the advertising copy too much. In fact, it probably helps with the advertising copy. So specifically, what I like to do is use a couple of NLP language patterns like future pacing and like presuppositions to kind of get people to pre-sell themselves. So I won't go into this, um, this sort of stuff, but saying simple things like... Um, I think I've got an example on the next page, but it's a presupposition. Does anyone know what a presupposition is in NLP? Mario, you want to explain it? <laughs> Nodding your head. Presupposition is something that you um, will basically propose that exists before that specific statement. So, um, for example, when you say the sentence, I've got a problem with my ad, it presupposes that you know how to do ads. Yeah, yeah, spot on. So we can use presuppositions in our marketing to presuppose and assume that the person is going to become a client. So we can ask questions in the application form like, when you become a client, what will you most likely need help with? And just simple little things like that um, can just help that client become, I think, it's anecdotal evidence, but... I feel like it helps me when I get the lead on the phone because I, I know that they have been pre-applied. And they're already putting themselves in practice. That's right. They're, they're future pacing. They're imagining themselves working with you. Yeah, yeah. So whether it's placebo or not, if it helps you on the phone and it feels makes you more confident on the phone, then you'll probably more, be more likely to close them. So that same ad with, with Toby, this is the second part of the ad. So everyone that's clicked that cheat sheet ad that I showed you before, will then get shown this lead ad. And the lead ad's very simple. I'm looking for a one-on-one -on -one client that I can personally take through a complete recovery transformation. Click the button below to see if you fit the criteria. Again, it's not click the button below to see if I can sell you into my thing. It's click the button to see if you fit the criteria. We're putting it back on then. Are you good enough to be the one-on-one -on -one client that I personally want to work with? Okay? And it's just changing up, um, yeah, putting the ball in their court. So, 
Click here to apply. Apply now, 100% free. Uh, serious applications only. Only those who fit the criteria will have the opportunity to be taken through my VIP program. Click to apply. So it's all based around this application process instead of us trying to sell them into our high-end program. Once you click the apply now, the lead ad comes up. Huge opportunity. Only if, uh, yeah, that's right. I wanted to use this example because there's always spelling mistakes in there and I want to show you guys that I'm not the best like spell checker. But, but, I, but this, the screenshot I showed before is, was this ad. So getting um, highly qualified leads for $2 with like terrible spelling and grammar. So imagine how good you guys would go when you get your spelling and grammar right. Um, only apply if you fit the following criteria. You live in Australia, you were diagnosed with ME-CFS or fibro, uh, you, have to, you agree to, to a video diary which will be later used as a successful case study, again, presupposition your video will be used later as a successful case study, you're presupposing that they're going to be successful and that you, they're going to be a great testimonial um, and you will do whatever it takes to succeed. So it just helps strengthen the lead quality. So when they do apply and you do get them on the phone, not only are they super keen to find out if they're good enough to be in your high-end program, um, but they already just have this subconscious belief that you're going to be the one that's going to be able to help them. Um, and that's, that's really, really powerful, which is really cool. When they click the button, yes, I want to apply, they get taken to the last stage of the lead ad process, which is the application form. Which part of our program do you think will help you the most? Our specific nutrition guides, the find your baseline training, our mindset mastery video course, having someone in your corner always encouraging you. Again, we're selling them without really selling them. We're listing all the, the benefits of our, of our course, but we're saying it in a way where it allows them to select what they want. Um, the next question, what makes you sure, so sure this program will help you recover? Again, a really, really good presupposition question because you're presupposing that they will recover. But we're just asking them, well, why are you so sure that this is the program for you? So again, just, just really helps, um, yeah, helps, helps them pre-sell themselves before you actually get them on the phone with you. So what's the last step after they've applied through the lead ad, you got, their lead, you got the leads coming into your inbox, you got the sales call. So um, if you guys aren't doing sales calls, then this lead, this two-step lead ad might not be as useful to you, but one of the major things, in a sec, Mario, um, one of the major things that, yeah, my clients struggle with is, yeah, getting people on the phone and struggling with the quality of leads on the phone. And so by applying this kind of pre-selling uh, principle, once they are on the phone, their close rate, close rate goes through the roof. So on the sales call, the feel of the call is reversed. How convenient, you know, I wonder why that is. Um, you have a really specific idea of what they're looking for because they filled in the application form on the lead ad, so you know straight away what they, what they need help with. They really want to know about nutrition. They really want to know about um, the mindset part of it. So then you can structure the entire call around what you know they're interested in. It makes them feel like they're understood, makes them feel consequently like they trust you more. That's what we've got there. Um, the other really cool thing, and this is probably one of the, the best parts about this whole application process, is you can use the application to back up any urgency or scarcity that your offer has. So we know that applying urgency or scarcity is one of the most powerful things to get people across the line. You shouldn't use that just to get people across the line because people will make poor buying decisions and they could be a terrible client for you. But 
allowing this application form to then remind people that they are applying and this is a limited offer. It just helps um, nudge them in the right direction, I think, is the right way to put it. Because when someone says, oh, you know, limited to 100 spots, very scarcity, very scarce, sign up now. It's not very believable. But when they've gone through this whole process and it's an application form and then you're ringing them to see um, yeah, what kind of applicant they are, when they say, oh, I don't know, I just need to think about it, you can then say, well, we have had a lot of applicants to this program and we just want to let you know that um, after I get off the phone with you, I've got more applicants to, to ring. So make sure you do get back to me later today or however you want to handle that objection. Um, but it just gives it some legs. You've got, you've got something to back it up with, which is, which is really cool. Um, people, people are much more likely to believe that than just strictly scarce opportunity. Did you have a question, Mario? Sorry. Yeah, do you send them any, any emails in between putting the application into the sales call? No. Yeah. But what we've done is after this is then we've done a whole different email marketing sequence with a different product. Um, and that's the beauty of it. If you've got an email list from building this or even just a WCI custom audience in Facebook, all the people that haven't become a high-end client, then you can then hit them with Facebook ads to a lower low-end product or a webinar that sells a low-end product or a webinar that sells the same high-end product just in a different sales angle. And that's like why I feel like this is so, so cool because once you've got that audience that you know is interested in losing weight or you know is interested in advertising on Seek, you've got this audience that you can constantly advertise to with so many different angles, so many different um, testimonials, building trust, building desire, um, building your reputation. <coughs> you've got that audience that you can keep advertising to ongoing for super, super cheap as well because they're, they're very, very targeted, all right? Three takeaways for you. Um, obviously, you want to build an audience first. So once we build the audience first, we can get the super cheap sales appointments booked for you via the Facebook lead ads. I hope I've explained it as best I can. Does, does it make sense for everyone how it works? Yep. As I said, we can then use this new website custom audience, the WCA that you've built, and your email list that you might have built at the same time to continuously promote the same product service or other products or services from different sales angles on Facebook. Um, and the third takeaway is reverse the sales process to make your product or service seem more desirable. So they're the three things that I wanted you guys to take out of this, this presentation. Um, if you want to go back to the... I'll answer questions in a second, Lisa. If you want to know what happened to the lock um, when we were in Cactus Beach in the middle of South Australia, <laughs> the bloke that I invited around for dinner, he heard all the commotion that I was trying to get this lock off and he came over and <laughs> he, saw, he saw the lock straight away and he saw that the, the gas bottle was clamped in um, and he saw that the lock was quite little. And what he did is he just pushed me out of the way and reached over and he grabbed the clamp and he started pulling the clamp and then slid the lock because it was so small, through the gap in the clamp and opened the gas bottle. So I've been driving around Australia the entire time thinking that I locked my gas bottle, but really the lock was so small that it wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and all I had to do was just pull the clamp and that would have opened it, opened it up for me straight away. And so here I was like trying to figure out like what tool was gonna help me open this lock and it's like it's a disaster, the lock's ruining everything and all I had to do was pull the clamp and it would have opened it straight up. <laughs> Um, so questions?
Lisa. I don't, I don't know what the answer would be. In my mind, I feel like it's good that they've seen by the time the lead ad gets shown to them that they know the face, they recognise the face and therefore can recognise what a good opportunity it is. So make sure that there's something in the lead ad that relates to that, that first post. So if you were going to use the passion page to promote a blog post, I would make sure on that blog post you mention how awesome you guys are, right. even if you're speaking in third person. So then when you advertise on the second step to the lead ad with your face as the branding, they'll be like, oh, they're those guys from the blog so post I read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. As long as it's... <laughs> yeah. Yep. Any... Um, is there a way to factor in when an audience can expire? Because I know, like, with real estate, um, like, the audience is only hot for a certain period of time mm. before they've bought their home or gotten their mortgage. Yep. So when you create the website custom audience in your ads manager, you can select how many days within visiting a certain page that that audience will be get built for. So if you only want to include people that have visited that web page in the last two days, you can put in two in that little box. Um, I think it goes up to 180 <coughs> days, is that right, Kim? Yeah, so, so you, can, you can build that audience from anyone that visited that page within 180 days, but I think that's the maximum. <laughs> when, you're, when you're creating your lead gen uh, list of forms, mm. the top two places that Facebook shows up automatically are name and social media name. Yeah. If you've shown a list of questions first before that thing, how do you do the questions before the name and the name? I have no idea. That's automatic. Is it automatic, is it? Yeah. But the questions are an important component. You should always ask questions I found in your lead ad. Because again, because you're getting them to apply themselves to you instead of just looking like a, just a typical opt-in form. And you just call it an application form. Yep. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, like awesome. Like no different to... Gen trying to generate phone calls just through lead ads. Um, I probably, yeah, probably found that people were more excited to speak to you knowing that they filled in an application form because it's more memorable to them than just like filling in like a yeah, lead form. Some of my clients, we've, yeah, we've on the um, post lead form page, we've directed it to their calendar scheduled once or whatever. Um, other clients, we haven't, and they've just, just rang them. It depends what their sales process is. If, they, if the sales process the client's got in place requires booking in through schedule once or that sort of thing, then you can just put that on the thank you page after the lead ad. Do you think this would work? Is there any industry it wouldn't work with? Like, have you tried it with a few different... I think your industry might not work in, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't we try it and I'll, I'll pay you if I'm actually. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Any other questions? Can you answer my question properly? <laughs>
That's right. Uh, just because in my head I was like, well, people don't like going through multiple steps to do things, so the lead ad's really cool and then it just pops up in front of you and it's very quick and easy to, to apply. So I have tried running um, ads in the past to landing pages with a form embedded into that, that page and they fill in the application form there and it was far more expensive, so yeah. Yeah, so um, for the example that we had up there, I think we spent, yeah, $5,000 building the ad and then we spent only a couple of hundred dollars to get that, um, to get the actual leads. So um, we're selling a $1,000 product and out of the 200 leads that applied, I think we, the client sold over 40 people into that, into that product, into the program. So. Um, yeah, that's right. But the, the cool thing about this and the thing that I wasn't too concerned about working out the actual cost um, is because that, that 5,000 person email list and that 20,000 person website custom audience can then be advertised to ongoing. So since this presentation, we've run other email marketing things for that client that's generated thousands of dollars as well <coughs> from the email list that we've built from step one of this process. So uh, other products, yep. Yeah. So, so the, the two-step funnel, you're advertising to an audience, a lead magnet, and then on, after they opt in for the lead magnet, you're offering them your next offer. And so, with me, what I struggled with was that first step, getting people to opt into your lead, lead magnet when I was no good at Facebook advertising, I was no good at getting the, a good audience to advertise to. So. I was getting opt-ins for like $9. And so then on the thank you page, I was getting a 5% conversion rate of people that opted in into a strategy call. Um, I was like, well, I've got there's got to be an easier way to get emails for cheaper than this. And so that's why I, I went with that. And so, yeah, if I, if I want to generate just leads from scratch um, without doing two-step, I would, yeah, I'd much rather just do a single, um, single ad to a case study with, um, a strategy session offer at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. So, yeah, the, the only reason why I, I stumbled upon this is because I wanted to create an audience, I wanted to create an email list. Um, and it just so happened that it created really, really cheap lead ads. I didn't expect that to happen. But now looking back on it, yeah, I can see why. Charlie. No, no. Yeah. Chatting, I was chatting to Kim um, the other week about this because he does a similar thing with Facebook videos. Is that right? And so he pixels people that have watched at least a certain percentage of the video. And again, getting really, really cheap audience building data there. I don't know, have you got any stats, Kim, off the top of your head with? 
Yeah, yeah, perfect. So if I'm if I've got an audience of twenty five thousand, I spent five five grand. I'm spending for twenty cents per person. So like it's ten How times. So same concept with the video, make sure the video is a tutorial that only your high-end customers would want to view. You don't want people watching that video who aren't a good fit for your high-end product because then when you remarket them with your high-end offer, it's going to fall flat. Any other questions? Mm. Yeah, so people, for people that have clicked the lead ad but not filled in the form. No, like before, like so when they, the WCA audience, before they see the lead ad, yep. or, or like in, the, in between seeing the lead ad, having like testimonials. Like yeah, so, so what I've done is I didn't do it before the lead ad, yeah. I just did the lead ad to everyone. Yeah. And so the people that didn't opt in on the lead ad, I went, oh, okay, so maybe there's like a lack of trust or lack of. Um, credibility here and then retargeted all those people that clicked the lead ad but didn't fill it in because Facebook allows you to build an audience from that. I retargeted them with a case study, a testimonial case study. Cool. Thanks guys. <laughs>